Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Well, good evening. Good afternoon. I guess that's when it is. Merry Christmas to you guys all. We're really excited to have you here tonight. Um, just been thinking about this service for a while, and, and I couldn't think of a, a more appropriate title for the sermon series I've been working through in December, Anticipation. Tonight, as we think of Christmas Eve, I don't think there's a night maybe that, that comes with more anticipation for, for all of us than, than Christmas Eve. And so if you're here tonight and you're like, well, if you're just feeling young at heart or young, I just want to know, because your parents have probably told you to be quiet all through the service, but I'm going to give you one chance to just let some of that energy out, and I want to know who's excited. So if you're excited on the count of three, just tell me, just say yes, I'm really excited. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm pretty excited. See, Christmas Eve for me was, was always one of the funnest and, and, and just most uh, exciting nights that there was. And my parents, we would, we'd always go to the Christmas Eve service, and I had always been warned beforehand to be good, and I, I got many of those looks during the service that said, you know, your night isn't going to be very merry and bright if you don't calm down, right? So I had to make sure that I sat still during the service as best that I possibly could, and then we would get home, and we had a tradition in our home that we were allowed to open one present on Christmas Eve. And that was a cool tradition. I always liked that. It always got me pretty excited. But looking back, I'm not sure it was the best parenting decision on my parents' part. Because all that one present did was get me hyped for what was coming tomorrow morning, right? And I was so excited. And so I would, I would go to bed, and it was such a long night. I tossed and turned, and eventually my parents started buying me books for that night, you know, before Christmas present, because that's what I'd read, you know, and you'd lay there in bed, and you'd close your eyes, 12 o'clock, and you close your eyes, and you wait for what seems like forever, and you open your eyes, and it's 12.01, and you're just like, oh, this is not good. I peed so many times in the night just to get up and down, just to do something. I'd sneak upstairs to see if the presents had arrived under the tree, which didn't help when they actually were there, and then you're more and more excited. Finally, the morning arrived, and we were allowed to get up, and we, we did stockings first. That was the big thing. We did stockings, and then we had to have breakfast, read the Christmas story, and then we got to the presents. And I mean, I, I was wound up. I was just, by that time, it was just like, yeah, I don't even know really what my parents, they, they would just feel bad for them sometimes. And they were just, I was so, so excited. And then you get through that, you know, all the opening of the presents, just a great morning. And, and then fast forward a few years to when I became a parent. And so we had the kids in, you know, we had the two boys, Parker and Braden, and, and um, we would set rules, you know, in the house. Okay, Amanda and I would talk. Okay, we're not going to let the boys up till 6 o'clock. You know, 6 o'clock, a.m., no way, not until 6. And oh, all night I'd close my eyes, 12 o'clock, open my eyes, 12.01. As an adult, it was terrible. And I could hear the boys in their room. They weren't sleeping either. Amanda was managing to sleep because she knew she had a busy day the next day. And so she was managing to sleep. And then about, well, whatever, I just kind of roll over and inadvertently 
hit her, right? And she'd make a noise. I'm like, oh, you awake? Can the boys come? And so the earliest, the boys and I were talking about this um, earlier, the earliest that we ever got up for Christmas morning was 3.30. And I just, I just, it was so much fun being in control because you could just, you could get up at 3.30. Amanda has since shared with me that the bad part about all that was, was I would get up, I'd be all hyped, and then we'd have the presents and stuff. And when we were staying in Truro uh, for, for Christmas, I'd go back to sleep and then she had to make Christmas dinner. And so I, I wasn't a good move on my part. So I'm learning from, from those mistakes. But Christmas is such an amazing thing. And not only were the presents of Christmas fun, not only were opening the presents and getting the gifts, there was another part of Christmas Day that I always looked forward to as a kid. Is that after all the, the, the presents were opened, after lunch was done, every year my best friend Brent and I would call each other. And we would ask this question, what did you get? And we got to tell each other what we had gotten. And I mean, the, the, the big present for us for years was G.I. Joe. We were so into G.I. Joe, you know, the little, little army figurines and stuff like that. We actually had a pre-Christmas draft about which characters you could get, right? And so we would be, we'd, we'd just draft them all out and be like, okay, mom and dad, these are the only ones you can buy. Don't buy these ones. Those are the ones Brent's, are get, Brent's getting, you know? And so we had this pre-Christmas draft and then we'd call each other. Hey, what did you get? And we'd talk about that and just sharing the excitement of what you had gotten with somebody else was, was just an amazing part to be able to proclaim, hey, we, ah, this is what I got. It was just a real fun time at Christmas. And so tonight what we're going to look at is we're going to look at, at a gift and we're going to look at a proclamation, a couple of proclamations actually. And as Dell read through that passage, um, he talked about the angel coming and announcing the birth of Jesus. And this month at FPC in our series, we've been looking at the fact that this coming of Jesus, this, this coming to earth to, to be born and to be a savior was part of God's plan even before he made the world. And then we also have been seeing that, that from the beginning of time, God was laying down these clues, these, these hints really of who this savior was going to be. We call them prophecies and that was Jesus just saying, hey, this, or God just saying, this is what the, the Messiah, the promised one, this is, what he, this is where he will be born, this is the family that he's going to be part of, all of these little loving clues so that we would recognize him when he came. And last week, Doug talked about the fact that Jesus came so that we could have peace with God. Tonight, we get to dive into the shepherd's story a little bit and we get to see what they experienced on Christmas Eve, I guess, or on the, the night that Jesus was born. And then, then we get to see how our responsibility and what our responsibilities are in relation to what these shepherds experienced. And so you look in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And I think as we read stories, sometimes we, we've heard that story a number of times if you've come to church. We might just kind of just gloss over that, you know? But have you ever stopped and think about the shepherds? They've put the sheep down for the night and they're, they're probably at this point maybe around a campfire. Maybe they're just dozing off to sleep or maybe they're sound asleep. And then out of nowhere, this angel appears, just about scares the robes off these guys. They don't know what's going on. And then the angel says, don't worry, I have, a new, have good news for you of great joy. And this message from the angel is this. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so obviously this birth wasn't an ordinary birth. God doesn't send an angel every time a baby is born to make an announcement to, to random people. There's something special about this baby. And we're going to look at three different words that the angel uses to describe this baby so that we can understand how special Jesus' birth was. 
The first word that he used there is, is that he was going to be a savior. That he was a savior. Aren't you who was born this day in the city of David? A savior. And you think, well, well, what are we being saved from? What is he going to save? What is he going to save from? And we can find the answer to that just a few months earlier. There was another man who was, who was sitting at home perhaps one day, and he was, he was going through some things in his head that just weren't making sense. He was having a little bit of struggle because his fiance Mary, had come to him and said that she was pregnant. And not only was she pregnant, she said, but I'm still a virgin. And, and Joseph is kind of trying to struggle. He's, he's trying to deal with this. Like, how is that possible? Because that isn't possible. And so he's trying to, to, to make sense of all of this. And then an angel appears to him as well. And the angel says this, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so we see here that that Jesus' purpose, the mission that Jesus was born into was to save from sin. Well, that brings another question up is, is what is sin? And I think the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 6, gives us a good picture of what that is. It says this, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. You see here, the Bible tells us this very clear truth, and it repeats it in other places in Scripture, that all of us have sinned. And what is sin? Sin is a, a turning to our own way. God has laid down a set of loving, caring rules for our good and for our well-being. And because he is all-wise and all-powerful, he knows what is right and good. And sin is that turning away from him, turning to our own way and saying, you know what? I don't want to do it God's way. I want to do things my own way. And that's, that's present in us all of our lives. Even as kids, we see that, you know, our parents tell us to do something and, and we're like, nah, I don't want to do it that way. And even in our disobedience of parents, we're actually disobeying God because Ephesians tells us this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. How many of you have in the past either mm, tried to get out of trouble or tried to preserve somebody's feelings by not telling the truth, by lying? In our hearts, in our minds, we think, oh, that's the right way. I, this, if I can get out of trouble by lying, mm, this, is, this, is, this will help me out. But see, God's standard is different than than our standard. In Proverbs 12, it says this, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. See, so many times in our life, we choose to go our own way. We choose in our own hearts what we think is right and wrong, and we, we make those decisions, and we're not necessarily caring about what God wants, or we don't really want to obey what God wants us to do. The problem with that and the fact that we've all sinned is this. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. We, when we sin, earn punishment from God. Not, he doesn't keep a record and go, oh, that's three, four, five, that, that's gonna get heavier and heavier. Our sin separates us from God. And not only does it separate us from God in this life, but if something is not done, if we are not rescued from that penalty of death, we will spend forever under his judgment, separated from him. This is, this is why it is so exciting that Jesus was born. This is why it's so exciting that God cared enough to send his son Jesus into this world. That's why this, the, the announcement from the angel was so amazing. Front, he was born this day a savior, someone who can rescue us from the penalty of sin, someone who can deliver us from that. First Peter says this, 
For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. See, Jesus was born into this world. He grew up to be a man, and at 33 years of age, he was taken and he was crucified on a cross. He was put to death. Here it says the just for the unjust, the one who didn't deserve death, dying for us. He was willing to sacrifice his life for us. And that is where we can get to this next verse. We only looked at the first part of Romans 6.23 earlier. The second part says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what was Jesus? Jesus was a savior and he came to rescue us from sin. But how is, how is this possible and how, how could he do this? Well, that comes in the other couple titles that we see here. First, we see that he was a savior. Second thing, that the, the second word that the angels use to describe him is the fact that he is Christ, the Lord. And when you think about this title, the Christ, it really, uh, it means the chosen one or one who is anointed or chosen for a special purpose. Jesus was able to pay the penalty for our sin because he was chosen to do so. And the crazy part about it is that he was chosen to do so even before Adam and Eve sinned, even before we sinned. God knew before he created the world that it would cost him sending his son into the world to die in our place to save us from sin. He knew the consequence, he knew the cost, and yet he chose to do it anyway. 1 Peter 18 says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Again, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Jesus was chosen before the foundation of the world to be the Savior. And then the last thing, the last word that the angels use is, they said he is Christ the Lord. And you think about that title and you think about the fact that, that, that really what that tells us is that Jesus is master over everything. Not just a Lord, not just sort of a, a ruler over a little bit, that Jesus is ruler over all things. And that's what makes the Christian, Christmas message so amazing. Jesus wasn't just a human chosen for a special job. He was God willing to become human so that he could take the penalty for our sin. He was willing to come to this earth to suffer uh, and, and to die on a cross to pay your penalty for sin. You see, Jesus uh, is like us as a human being, grew up, um, had his mom and dad, had friends, all of those things. He lived a life just like we were, and the Bible says that he was tempted to sin just like we were, except he never sinned. Jesus never deserved the penalty. He never deserved the wage for sin, that wage of death. And so when he died, he wasn't dying for his sin. He was dying for your sin. He was dying for my sin so that we could be brought into peace with God, so that we could know for sure that we had an eternal home in heaven, so that we could live lives to the fullest in obedience to him and to be truly satisfied and truly fulfilled. As the angel delivers this message, and all of a sudden, you know, just, just all heaven breaks loose and these, this multitude of angels appear. They begin, to, they begin to sing praise to God and when they're done their, their songs of praise, they go back into heaven 
And again, I just can't help but think about the shepherds. I'm sure each one of them is kind of thinking in their head, did, did I really just see that? And then as they begin to look around the group of them and they see everybody's mouth kind of open and going, did you just see that? They're like, man, we got to go. We got to check this out. And you can see that in Luke 2, 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Two responses that the shepherds had. I think there's application for us in, in each one tonight. Number one, they looked at each other and they said, did you hear that? Let's go find Jesus. Let's go see this Savior who has been born. And they went and they, they, they found the baby. And tonight, you may be here and, and you might be just kind of curious, like you're here because, well, it's Christmas, I should be at church, or maybe a neighbor or a friend invited you. And you're hearing a message that, that maybe you've heard before, maybe you've not heard before. A message that, that, that there is a Savior there's someone who has come to rescue you from sin, to, to give you that ability to be at peace with God. The crazy thing is, is the Bible says that that, that forgiveness, that, that forgiveness of sin that God offers isn't something we earn, it isn't something that we work ourselves up to. It's a gift. That God offers us a gift of forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And all we need to do is trust, to believe that Jesus is the one who has died, he's paid the penalty in our place so that we can have eternal life. How do you take a gift? You simply receive it. Simply cry out to God and say, God, I want that gift of eternal life. I want that gift of forgiveness of sin. I want to be at peace with you and I want to live a life of obedience to you. The Bible says the moment that you do that, that you're part of God's eternal family and that your sins are forgiven. The second thing is, guys, that the shepherds did is they couldn't keep that news to themselves. Once they had seen Jesus, once they had met him, and even when they got there, they were like telling his parents, you know, this is what happened. They just could not keep it to themselves. And if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our desire is that we share that with other people. That we have such a burden in our hearts and excitement in our hearts that we have been saved from sin, that Jesus loved us enough to come and to endure suffering so that we could have peace with God. We shouldn't bottle that up. We shouldn't contain that. We should be looking to share that as much as possible, to be like the shepherds. The thing is, is, is God has really given us that mandate. Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Tonight we're going to watch a, a video and it's going to really hit the fact that, that God had a plan to send Jesus. But then that, that message has spread throughout the world and we look forward to a time in eternity when every tribe, tongue, and nation gets to gather before the throne of God and worship him together. <laughs> 